0: Text SHOW to 33777.
1: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One.
0: Greetings, conversationalists, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across America, the phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, as always, very happy to have you we got to begin with Aaron Bushnell. If you get my morning email, I wrote about Aaron Bushnell this morning. If you don't know the name, consider yourself lucky. Uh, He was 25 years old. He was an airman in the U.S. Air Force, originally from Cape Cod, grew up in a... uh, cult like environment, according to the Washington post, the, uh, some extremely religious group on a compound, um, some sort of, uh, Jesus group. They said community of Jesus had never heard of it. Um, joined the air force was stationed in San Antonio, Texas and traveled to the Israeli embassy in Washington, DC and lit himself on fire. His last words were free Palestine. Now, I want to talk about this in a broader issue, although you do need to know, uh, perversely enough, that Time Magazine has done a piece on Aaron Bushnell and the history, they actually call it the history of self-immolation as political protest. And this is a direct quote from Time Magazine. Self-immolation was also seen as a sacrificial act committed by Christian devotees who chose to be burned alive when they were being persecuted for their religion by Roman Emperor Diocletian around 300 A.D. Um, They didn't have a choice in the matter. Uh, Nero and Diocletian used the Christians to light the streets of Rome at night. It's just wild that this was making it a Time magazine. Historic literacy, but self-immolation does have a history. And in fact, uh, what I suspect that the writers at Time were referring to is that in the Eastern Roman Empire, so the Western Roman Empire did not have in the age of Diocletian as much persecution as the Eastern half, because the Western half, uh, Constantine's father, Constantus, was in charge and. Uh, was more merciful to the Christians than Diocletian, really overseeing the eastern half of the empire was, engaged in ruthless persecutions. The Diocletian uh, persecutions were almost as bad as the Nero persecutions. And Diocletian uh, lit a lot of Christians on fire, and a group of Christians went into his palace and set it on fire and stayed uh, committing suicide to protest his ruthless attempts to exterminate Christianity by burning all the Christians alive. I suspect that's what they're, they're mentioning in the Time Magazine piece, but they, they, they write it so poorly you have no idea. There are a lot of people who look at what Aaron Bushnell has done and they say, well, obviously he's crazy. Obviously this is a mental health issue. Maybe he's crazy, but his writings have come out Probably not going to hear a lot about this in the media. I mean, this is a media that refers to the murder of the girl in Athens as an Athens resident as opposed to an illegal alien. So it would kind of undermine their narrative, so to speak, if they were to deal with this accurately. Aaron Bushnell was a communist, like actual committed anarchist, communist, and rabid progressive who hated Jesus, among other things. Not surprisingly, I, you know, I was having this conversation the other night, uh, actually on my front porch with Philip on Sunday night, that the people who hate Christianity the most are not the people who grew up atheist. It's the Christians who feel like they were slighted in some way by their church community or they're mad at God about something. They're the ones who are the most hostile to faith. So if you grow up in something called a community of Jesus that purports to be Christian and uh, it's a charismatic sect, the Washington Post describes it as created an environment of control, intimidation, and humiliation that fostered and inflicted enduring harms on its students. In this particular uh, school in uh, Ontario, Canada, he didn't go to this one, but it was connected to this sect community of Jesus. Well, you probably would turn around and and hate it all and want to burn it all down. You know, your reaction and my reaction is if you're going to set yourself on fire for something, you probably are dealing with mental issues. But actually, there is a long history of self-immolation in the world, a lot of it having to do with religious protest. It is something that even uh, people in Hamas have done to protest treatment. And it's not necessarily crazy people, although I tend to think you got to be a little bit crazy to set yourself on fire. But also it's evil and Aaron Bushnell uh, let's not make any bones about it embraced an evil ideology and that evil consumed him and probably did drive him mad like a ring of power you know cornell west who's running for president is out praised him this is cornell west's tweet let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of brother aaron bushnell who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. For perspective, Aaron Bushnell and Cornel West are on the side of a group of people who went into Israel on October 7th, cut off the heads of some babies, threw others in ovens to kill them, raped a bunch of women, and put bullets in the back of their heads. That's whose side they're on. This guy's last words were free Palestine and the left is choosing to cheer him on as some sort of brave warrior. They've already gotten a bunch of fragile white kids to convince themselves if they go through chopodictomies and adodictomies, they can somehow become the other gender. And the left has become the suicide cult now, uh, a death cult, uh, getting young boys to damage their bodies and disfigure them permanently to become girls, and girls to permanently disfigure their bodies to become boys. And now they're heralding the suicide Hamas flambe. I guess they're going to try to inspire other people to go do it. It's ultimately a death cult about the elimination of people. Have you noticed? Have you noticed how every major progressive policy choice ultimately ends in the elimination of human beings? They support abortion, they don't want people to have kids because of the climate. They want boys to sterilize themselves by becoming girls. They want girls to sterilize themselves by becoming boys. And now they're championing a guy who poured gas on himself and lit himself on fire and killed himself in the name of Hamas. This is going to be the next TikTok craze. Eating the Tide Pods wasn't enough to eliminate the species. Progressives are going to convince the kids on TikTok to set themselves on fire now. It's remarkable. You know, I got to say, though, that we should probably welcome it. Yeah, you know, normally in the history of communism and paganism, they set the Christians on fire. So we should probably be okay with one of their own setting himself on fire. Given his background and his pedigree as someone in the military, he could have engaged in a mass shooting at the Israeli embassy. Instead, he decided to take only his own life instead of the lives of others like the people he was cheering on Hamas. It's tragic. It's tragic. But we shouldn't just consider that the guy was crazy. Sure, was he probably mentally unstable? Yes, but behold the healing power of and, crazy and evil, committed to an evil ideology, cheering on a bunch of mass murderers. It's notable he didn't show up and and try to uh, demand that Hamas surrender, He didn't show up and demand Hamas give back the hostages. He didn't show up and demand that Hamas give up its power in in the Palestinian territory and return it to the people. No, he's blaming the Jews. And you know the irony here. There's actually a, a side of this that's actually pretty hilariously ironic. Is a number of people on the left said, rest in power, Aaron Bushnell. Not rest in peace, but rest in power. And other progressives have become infuriated with them using that phrase, saying, you can't use that phrase. He was white and in the military. You could only use that for black martyrs, not white not white allies. I'm not making this up. Literally, the leftists are arguing against each other over whether or not you can actually use the phrase rest in power for this guy because he was white and in the military. It's only a matter of time before Greta Thunberg comes out and scowls about his carbon emissions. It's just interesting to me that so many people rush to look at a guy lighting himself on fire thinking that um, this guy had to be crazy. That that's, that's the way a normal person, I think, processes this. He poured gas on himself. Screamed free Palestine and lit himself on fire. And so, yeah, clearly Guy was mentally unstable. And I'm not actually going to dispute it, but I do think that it's far easier to believe that than to recognize the evil cause that he was embracing at the altar of Baal. He is out there championing the cause of Hamas. Excusing the decapitation of Jewish children, excusing the rape of Jewish women, excusing the slaughter of israeli citizens while condemning their quest for justice oh and, and hey don't think it's me they've they they've they found his thread on on reddit he calls himself student of anarchism he says there are no israeli civilians or tourists who have no part in the oppression of palestine the idea doesn't make any sense and betrays a lack of understanding of what the oppression of Palestine even is. Israel is a settler, colonialist, apartheid state. All of its residents or their immediate forebears have moved there specifically to settle on stolen land, land whose people are being cornered and cleansed just a few miles away, right on the next door in the West Bank. There's no Israeli without the genocide of the Palestinian people. This is These are his words. This is what he believed. And he embraced the evil twisted cause of Hamas and the propaganda of the woke communist left and the intersectional critical theory of the Marxists and set himself on fire. There is one less communist on planet earth today and that's not necessarily a bad thing. What is I think also really notable in all of this however is how the progressive left continues to prey on the vulnerable young who do have mental issues. They prey on them for transgenderism. They prey on them for political causes and political plights. And then they cheer on their self-destructiveness as progress. Progressivism is part of a ancient pagan death cult. And this is the latest person to die as part of the death cult, championing the killers, claiming the killers are the victims. Someone will respond and say, no, he's not championing Hamas, he's championing the Palestinian people, he's saying free, free Palestine. Well, if you're blaming Israel when it's Hamas that started this, no, you're on the side of Hamas. When you're going on Reddit, posting threads, claiming that every Israeli is complicit in genocide, you're on the side of evil. A whole lot of people are radicalizing themselves right now. It's happening on the right as well. Dare I mention Ashley Babbitt dying? Some of you think that she was a victim. She was actually part of a cause that she thought she was was believing in, that she was on the right side. She tried to climb through a window to open a door so a mob could storm in and capture members of Congress. You can see it on the security tape. Some people refuse to even acknowledge that that's what was happening. You can see the members of Congress fleeing in the background as she's trying to get through that window, and the police officer shoots and kills her to stop her, to save the members of Congress. And people think the police officer was the bad guy. She thought she was on the right side. Aaron Bushnell thought he was on the right side. People on both sides are radicalizing themselves, and increasingly the common thread is that they worship at the altar of political idols on the left and the right. What's more notable, however, is given the institutional and cultural capture by progressives, of the loud uh, platforms in this country, you're more likely to see left-wing progressive nuts be heralded for their insanity than people on the right. So Aaron Bushnell lights himself on fire to champion Hamas in front of the Israeli embassy and the left is lionizing him. They're calling him courageous. They're calling him brave, not crazy. They're saying he didn't seem to have a history of mental illness. How can you call him crazy? He was just committed to the cause. And now Cornell West wants others to rededicate themselves in genuine solidarity. Listen, if you progressives can convince a bunch of kids to disfigure their bodies and sterilize themselves and convince a bunch of kids to swallow tablespoons of cinnamon or eat Tide Pods, Don't be surprised when more progressive kids start lighting themselves on fire as the new TikTok challenge. The left lionizes crazy as a way to advance their agenda, which is ultimately the end of the human species because they've decided humanity is bad. We're going to get more of this. That's unfortunate. So you, you want your crazy tweet of the day. this is actually kind of funny. Mohammed El- Kurd is a writer for the nation, the, the far left publication. He is Palestinian, uh, very big into uh, the Israelis or the occupiers. He put this tweet out, I'm not making this up. this is real. You can't protest peacefully. You can't boycott. You can't hunger strike. You can't hijack planes. You can't block traffic. You can't throw Molotovs. You can't self immolate. You can't heckle politicians. You can't march. You can't riot. You can't dissent. You just can't be. Deep thoughts by a Hamas sympathizer. You can't, y'all, you can't hijack planes. You just can't be. This is an actual tweet. From a writer for the nation that because you can't hijack planes, you just can't protest peacefully these days. (laughs) But, you know, you can self-immolate a guy just turned into flambe for Hamas. You know, the only thing that would, would make this story like add an extra twist if he was from Alaska and then you could at least make baked Alaska jokes Uh, But I guess we're not actually supposed to lie. Look, it is a tragedy. I'm sorry. Perhaps I shouldn't make light of a commie setting himself on fire, but it could have been far worse given the history of what communists and pagans tend to do. So one communist pouring gas on himself at least saves the rest of us, except for the poor people who were exposed to the secondhand smoke. Americans for prosperity. Let me transition here to tell you about them around the country. Um, The Americans for Prosperity. let let me just give you a real-world example here. Uh, Where I am in Georgia, there's a school choice is coming up for a vote in the state legislature, and... They've been going into local communities where there are Republicans who are opposed to it and educating local Republicans because all the polling shows these Republicans in these areas love it. And so they're going door to door telling people, did you know your state representative who's a Republican is opposed to school choice? You should give them a call. And it's working. It's turning the tide. They have billboards educating people. They don't just do this in my state. They do this in all the states they're in. And they're organized in the majority of states. They want you on their team. All you have to do is go to Americans Eric. Americans for Prosperity. Go check out Americans for Prosperity today. Be a part of their team. You will not regret it. Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program? Y'all, I want to talk about that Alabama case. I, I didn't get to it last week as the decision came out. There was so much happening But, uh, you know, let me give you the nutshell in this case Alabama. This is the Inventor Fertilization case. We are yet again watching Democrats throw a temper tantrum that they have to treat human beings as human beings instead of property. This is the history of the Democratic Party. Here's the actual case as opposed to the hysteria. You're seeing Democrats trying to politicize this, and and the politicization of it is, is remarkably gross given the circumstances. This is a, a family wished to have children. They went through in vitro fertilization and the embryos were destroyed. And when they filed suit, the healthcare practitioners said basically, eh, it's just property, it, 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 minimal damages, minimal damages here. And the families, they like, know these were our children. Part of the outrage here is because we have commoditized birth. I'll lay all my cards on the table in a way that probably is going to get me in trouble with some people. I know people, I have dear friends who have um, gone through the surrogacy process. And I got to tell you, um, just as an aside, you know, uh, I know and like and have high regard for Guy Benson. And Guy Benson is gay and married, and they went through a surrogacy process to have kids. And I saw a lot of social conservatives blasting uh, this that this is somehow an affront to the issue. Uh, I actually have a lot of moral qualms with surrogacy, and not because. Uh, Gay couples are taking advantage of it. God bless them for wanting to be parents. My qualm with surrogacy is everything to do with regardless. And again, I've got friends. I've got gay friends. I've got straight friends who have gone through surrogacy. And my problem with surrogacy is in my mind, God bless them for wanting to have kids, but it commoditizes the process where the mom isn't a mom. She's just the, the womb for a child that she will then have, in many cases, no role with. Now, in, in some cases, I know couples, um, one couple I'm thinking of in particular, they've maintained a relationship with the birth mom. But it it takes the actual biological mother, really, in most cases, out of the picture, and, and I have a real moral qualm with that. I have a lot of friends in the pro-life community who are deeply opposed to in vitro fertilization. I don't have problems with in vitro fertilization, though I see and understand their concerns with it. Uh, there are a lot of people who want kids who can't have kids. And there is adoption. And adoption is a costly process, uh, more so a costly process now is, is it's become even more burdensome with foreign adoptions. And, you know, the alt-right and the far left have together decided that uh, interracial adoption is a terrible thing. Uh, I have a lot of friends who I go to church with who have uh, interracial adoption and they have warm, loving households and God bless them for it. And uh, the political people on all sides are uh, on the far left and the far right are attacking them for daring to adopt outside the race. It's a crazy, wild thing to see. With in vitro fertilization, it's couples who have struggled to have kids. And they would like to have their kids, their biological children. And this family went through that. And y'all, do, do, have you, do you know people who've gone through IVF? The hormones and the shots and the, it, it, it's, you know, the act of making a child is supposed to be a pleasurable experience between a, a man and a woman. And that takes all the the pleasure out of it and just adds a lot of pain hormones and injections and doctor's visits and, and on and on and on. And inevitably you talk to couples who are going through IVF and they're struggling to get pregnant and they're just, they're blaming themselves. What did I do to cause us not to have a kid? And then they do. And now take this couple, they go through the process. They wish to have biological children. They have to go through IVF and the medical provider simply doesn't take care of the embryos. Now, You can say it's an embryo, but biologically that is a homo sapien at its earliest stage. It's a homo sapien, a human being, it may not look like a human being. You may have to have a microscope to really see it, but that's the beginning stage of a life and life when the embryo, when the, when the ova and the sperm connect, eh, life begins, have you seen the videos of the flash life begins, the cells begin to multiply. And that is a biologically distinct human being at its earliest stage. And the parents in this particular case, they just wanted their child treated like their child, not some discardable property, which is how the healthcare provider treated them, and they sued. And the judge said this was their child and should have been treated respectfully as a human being not as property. I don't know how you can be mad at that result of the judge telling this healthcare provider, you you disrespectfully handled this human life that these parents worked and wanted so hard to have be their child. And yet the politics of it, the left sees this as, Oh, look at this Republicans going to war now against a uh, in vitro fertilization. First, we can have abortions and now you can have IVF. Listen, I think the judge got it right in the facts at hand, but I think the Alabama legislature now needs to get into the business of dealing with this and and the treatment of embryos. Because in this particular case, I don't think the standards of handling the embryos were met and was shown in court, and these parents lost their ability to have the children they were working hard to have. But now the result is that because they have to be treated, and she was like, doesn't this tell you a, a lot about the, the nature of uh, the reproductive health these days in the United States, that hospitals say, whoa, 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 we're not going to do IVF anymore if we got to treat these people as people. And it is actually a human life. It's just, you, you know, I, I will say again that the abortion movement in America uses the same arguments as the slave owners of the 19th century in the South. Because it doesn't look like us, it's not a human being, it's property. That's what the Southern slave owners said of people from Africa. They don't look like us, so they're not really humans. Oh, does that make you feel uncomfortable? You know it's true. You know it's true. The arguments of the abortion movement have always been the arguments of the slave owners of the South. It can't survive without us. We know what's best for it. It's our property. We can do with it as we will. It's for the best. In this situation, this hospital recklessly handled the embryos. This family lost out, and the judge says, no, these were their children. you you got you to gotta compensate them for that, not, not just say, oh, well, it was n- no big deal. It was a very big deal to these people. The judge got it right. As for the policy outcomes from it and the reaction, yes, something else will happen. Republicans are not hostile to in vitro fertilization generally. But the Democrats want to scare people into thinking it is. The Democrats are using the these people's now loss of the opportunity to have children sickly to advance a policy agenda for killing kids. You know, I think about this situation with this student, at the University of Georgia who was murdered by the illegal alien. And, and my thoughts yesterday on, on, I hate to do it, but rush it in and, and dealing with the political ramifications of it. But the political ramifications of this is that uh, this 20-something-year-old girl was murdered by an illegal alien, and all the progressive policy of America got us to this point where it made it possible for that illegal alien to be there and kill her. In this situation Alabama, it's— the family wanted these embryos to be treated as their children in the hospital just w- without much care and with a lot of recklessness. And that's just, just it's, it's, those aren't humans, that's just, just property, fertilized eggs, that's all. And it's that it's that devaluation of life. We're seeing this so much in our culture today where life is not treated preciously. Mothers and fathers are not treated preciously. Life and family are degraded. It's just a lifestyle choice as opposed to the way we preserve and perpetuate a stable and healthy society. The judge on the merits of the case got it right. The outrage from the Democrats is crass politics trying to scare people into thinking Republicans are going to uh, now having uh, ended. Uh, Roe v. Wade, they, they now want to end IVF, which is so contradictory. Because remember, what the Democrats have always said is if Republicans in Roe versus Wade, they're going to keep women barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And now they're like, look, Republicans don't even want you to have kids. They, they want to get rid of IVF. No, 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 no. And then on the, the other side of the scare scenario is, oh, my gosh, they're going to treat all these embryos as people. What happens to the ones that are discarded? Will we have to save them forever? These are policy positions that Republicans and Democrats in legislatures will have to think about. There is a movement among Republicans to encourage and allow the adoption and implantation of embryos so that people can adopt at the embryonic stage those embryos that are not used in IVF. And it seems like a sound public policy. There will be a lot left over. What do you do with them? How do you store them? What happens to them? Those are questions that are going to have to be answered, and they'll have to be answered, I guess maybe we can say, between a doctor and the parents. Democrats won't like that. But I don't want you to lose sight of with all the political ramifications of the story, with, with all the, the craziness of the story, the Alabama legislature is going to act. They've said they support IVF. They want to be able to incentivize doctors being protected if something happens from being sued. They don't want to shut down the IVF process. But I want you not to keep be distracted from the fact that what this case was about is parents who wanted IVF, who went through the process, and the medical provider destroyed the embryos and said, well, it's not really people. It's just property. And the parents said, these were our children. And the doctor, I or the, the doctor, the, the, the judge, I think, rightly sided with the parents. And you shouldn't forget the fact pattern that led to the case and all the hysteria. Will Republicans act? Yes, Republicans support IVF. I know many Republicans who've gone through IVF. They're not going to get rid of it. The Democratic just rank fear scenarios here are just to needlessly scare people for political advantage. And that's rather sick, but it's the age we live in. Now, I got to tell you about my bank, Old Glory Bank. They, look, okay, and my apologies to the guys who sent me the scriptural for Old Glory Bank. They want me to tell you about their, their, their bill of rights. Look, here's what you need to know. They're not going to cancel your bank account because they find out you're a conservative or a Christian. They are not going to cancel your transactions because they say, oh, my gosh, she's trying to buy a gun with a debit card. We can't have that. Some banks do that. Old Glory Bank's not doing that. They're not going to hand over recklessly your information to the government without proper warrants and stuff like some banks are doing. Uh, They're not going to become woke. They're a conservative bank run by conservatives. This is their bill of rights. You can get a copy of it at oldglorybank.com, but you can get an account at oldglorybank.com. I've got a check and a savings account with them, and you know what? I get a great interest rate on my savings account, and I don't get fees on either of my checking or savings account. so you put money in, and the bank doesn't take it from you. It's fantastic. They work. You can use them as a regular bank. Develop a banking relationship with them. You can do mortgages with them, VA, FHA, conventional, all that stuff. And they have great online tools. I, y'all, I really, really do enjoy using Old Glory Bank. Uh, my wife and I have had her bank account for a very long time. I decided I, I needed to branch out and explore, and I went through several different banks. And they, they all had different online features and stuff like but Old Glory Bank just dialed it in right. Their online bill pay is great. Their online budgeting tools are great. The fact they have no fees are great. The fact that you get a great interest rate on the savings account is great. And the fact that I can get my kids' accounts at Old Glory Bank and deposit cash very easily at local retail locations into their bank accounts has been fantastic. I highly recommend Old Glory Bank. I really do use them as my bank. OldGloryBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, terms and conditions apply.
1: This podcast is sponsored by TalkSpace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and TalkSpace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at TalkSpace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With TalkSpace, just answer a few questions online Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save eighty dollars with code Space80 at Talkspace.com.
0: This is our the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. It doesn't matter where you are in the United States if you're in charge of a business and you're looking to grow, you're buying a build and build and build and buying a franchise. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan see if they can help you. that make their own decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Uh, Heidi, I want to go to you first today. Welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm good how are you doing great what's going on well I just wanted to let you know um, that in Knoxville Tennessee and I believe there's one in California as well there is the National Embryo Adoption Center Um, and I think that you know speaks to what you were talking about Uh, my husband and I were told we could never have kids Uh, we adopted twice we tried the embryo adoption as well ultimately lost the child but there are many, many people who see the value of life and know that this is not something to be discarded and just thrown away as trash. And so I just, I didn't know if you were aware of that, but it's a phenomenal- No, I, I
0: wasn't. I'm glad you said that. I knew that there were opportunities, but I, I didn't realize they had those facilities there. That's good to know.
2: Yeah. And I just, you know, it, it really is just every bit as much as an, an adoption process, Um Something you would have to prayerfully consider, but worth worth getting the news out. Just thought I'd pass that on. Yeah,
0: thank you very much. I appreciate that a ton. Um, it, you know, look, it, it's and I'm, I'm you all should see my emails. Then they're really split on on IVF that that it's devalues life or or it supports life. People have have strongly held opinions on this. I just want you to not forget in the conversation that what we were actually dealing with in this court case in Alabama was a family that really desperately wanted their own children and went through the process and the medical providers recklessly mishandled the embryos and they, the family sued and the judge said, these were their kids. And it was, they, they were their kids in the, the most embryonic stage of life, but a human being nonetheless, we, we are in an age that deeply devalues life. Um, and it's just, it's, it's sad to see, but don't, don't lose your perspective on what was actually happening. All right. When we come back, I got to switch, I got to switch gears here. Cause there's a why, well, it's not as wild as people first claimed. I actually read the column, but a, a, you, you remember the, the, the outlet, the cut, that's where the woman, the financial advice columnist put $50,000 in a shoebox and threw it into the window of a truck thinking she was helping the CIA. And then told people, "Hey, I got scammed. Don't do it like me." Of course not. Well, now their 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 parental advice columnist is all upset that she could be raising right wing boys, and what should parents do knowing they got a potential misogynist in the house? I I, I think we need um, a, a two weeks to stop the spread of the cut, but you y'all. The left is starting to realize they have a problem on their hands as young men are becoming increasingly right-wing. Uh, the data actually bears this out, and it actually doesn't bear out that women are turning as progressive as the left would like you to believe. But why is it happening? Oh, do I have some thoughts for you and a great piece of audio I've talked about before on the program. I went and found it for you so you all can hear it because it plays right into this.